Hello, welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega and Jamie Soden. And today we're going to be talking about, you know, times when we've blamed ourselves for certain things in the past that have happened. This is this. I'm, everyone has some experience, like of some regret, where they did something stupid, or maybe they didn't, but they think they did. So I'll give an example of how you know I blamed myself for being unable to get a job, um, and this is something that went on from the time when I was like 16 up to the time when I was 25 before I finally got my job, because I thought you know. If am I not good enough? If I just if I was just smarter or if I was better socially enabled to to talk to people, then maybe I would have done better on the applications or on the interviews. You know what's wrong with me? And so I was blaming myself for not being able to get a job, for not being impressive enough, for not having whatever it was, even though I didn't know what people were looking for. Um, and that that was a source of major depression for a while. But now I look at it and I realize that first of all, nothing was up to me what made me be very bad at communication to begin with. I was, you know, I I have Asperger's syndrome and I've never been that good of a communicator, um, never that good at talking to people. So that was part of it. But also the fact that I was homeschooled and there's a bias against that too has made it hard to get a job because people, unless you have a high school uh, diploma or you're at least enrolled in high school, traditional school, it's hard. But still, um, here's the deal. First of all, if people had a free will, they could will themselves to do whatever they wanted. And we know that that's not the case and because they don't make themselves what they are but i think there's something else more to it even if somebody granted free will which is impossible you know what wouldn't everybody be employed that and i realize not everybody's lucky enough to be able to get a job not everybody's lucky enough to be able to do certain things and it, so it's kind of weird you know i don't blame myself for things and i think it's very important to spread this message that Ultimately, nobody is responsible for the circumstances they find themselves in, or they're going to blame themselves for being unable to get a job. They're going to blame themselves for failed relationships. They're going to blame themselves for their own mental illness and wonder why they didn't choose to not have their mental illness. That's what I have to say about that right now. So maybe um, Jamie or George can give an example of when they blamed themselves for something in the past. George, let's hear your last story. <laughs> Okay, well, basically, like, you know, in, in different times in the past, and even up to today, you know, my relations uh, with my brothers and their families haven't been all that good. Like, I've blamed my brothers for certain things. They've blamed me for things. I've blamed myself for not, I mean, like, yeah, the free will belief, you know, has, has kind of like, you know, compelled me to blame myself for the way, you know, I responded to them, you know, for whatever. And here's the thing. So like with free will belief, you know, it pretty much, it, 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 it ends exploration. In other words, like my brothers are doing something wrong because just they're not good people and I'm doing something wrong because I'm not a good person at all. And that's just such a simplistic, misguided, um, basically incomplete explanation 
Because then, like, to the extent that I, I began to realize, wait a minute, I don't have a free will, they don't have a free will, then what became clearer and clearer to me was that they and I are different. You know, rather than my having, like, this, this kind of, like, liability or this fault, you know, for not being able to relate to them, I realized I'm a lot smarter than they are. I can't blame them for it, but that, that created a great difference. You know, when I'm talking about certain things, they can't really understand. On the other hand, in terms of social intelligence, which is, I think, very important, I'm not as uh, adept uh, in that as they are. They're, they're, you know, they're much better at that. So, like, so again, so, so then we, we, we end up like, you know, I end up thinking, well, all right, we have different qualities. They didn't pick their qualities. I didn't pick mine. And it just makes, you know, there's no blame. There's no self-blame. It just makes things so much not only easier to accept, but easier to understand. Because, you know, we can also, like, to the extent we understand these things, we can work on them. Yes. I mean, yeah, people are, are different. And, free, and the free will belief um, really kind of makes us ignore the differences in, in the abilities, the, the regular intelligence or the social intelligence and ignores that some people can do better at certain things than others. Yeah, like like Chandler, when you were saying like you know you related you have Aspergers. I mean, when I hear you talk, I actually like hear a lot more intelligence in what and how you speak than in the vast majority of people that I've listened to. And so like you know, sometimes this Aspergers designation might um, have you think otherwise. But like you know, it's actually because you you know you're you're thinking in a way that's quote unquote more superior to others that that I think created a lot of your problems you know you're more logical you're less biased you're I think maybe more mature in your thinking so so and and it's by you know by coming to this understanding we don't have a free will that we get to these kinds of realizations yeah and you know the whole social intelligence thing is I think a major hindrance because what it comes down to is I think that there's sort of one type of intelligence comes at the expense of another. And this is, this is, you know, this is just sort of an interesting idea, but a person who's intelligent about certain areas of, of thought, certain philosophy or science and certain ideas, they're more withdrawn. They're less likely to be social with other people. And so I, that, keeps them from developing the social skills that other people might have. But here's what's great is there's a way around this is that by teams of people working together on projects, you overcome the weaknesses of other people with your strengths and vice versa. So J Jamie, have you thought of, you know, an example in your case where, you know, you just wrongly blamed yourself for what was just not in your control? I, I don't know where to begin with that because there's been a, there's been a lot of uh, times where I blame myself for things, you know. Like the, when I come out of, like, um, spiteful things about my family after after an argument and I'll say, oh, um, you shouldn't have done this. and I, I just don't know where to begin, man. I, I literally don't. Um, well, Jamie, I think what kind of like what you're saying is, like, it's one thing to understand we don't have a free will. It's kind of like if somebody like teaches you how to do a sit-up or a, to lift a weight or something, so you know it, right? Mm -hmm. But we know that knowing how to do that isn't enough. Like we have to go to the gym or we have to exercise you know, continually to put that knowledge into practice. And I think it's very similar with this no free will thing. We may, not, we may know that we don't have a free will, 
but it's one thing to know that and it's much much more difficult you know but definitely possible to just more and more put it into practice in our lives hey Chandler how would you put it into practice in your life well you know I've put a lot of this no free will thing into practice in my life um, in in the fact that you know since I since I've been doing this podcast and talk about it constantly I just naturally think of it and it applies in my relationship with my mother or with my with my sister and my girlfriend too now you know when people do things um, I'm aware just through constant reinforcement of this idea realizing that yes they might be doing something that's hurting me um, but ultimately they don't know better you know because um, no realizing people they don't make themselves and they don't they don't control anything in the desires that make them do things and so I think um, I've become less blaming of other people you know is but mo most importantly guys I think the major change in my life was that for a while I was very mean to you know Christians and stuff for a while because I was so mad at them for you know choosing to worship this sadistic God that's sending people to hell you know and it's kind of interesting um, but now I look at it and realize you know these nobody since I, I realize nobody cho chooses their religion that they grow up with then I started to realize that was the first step into it. I sort of realized, wait, people don't choose the religion. And then I got into the idea that they don't choose their sexuality. And then that's where it snowballed and I've become less, um, less religionist uh, and less sexist um, in, as far as, you know, people's sexual identities, just like I'm not racist. And I also got over speciesism because that, yeah, that's that's one powerful application is realizing that these other animals that happen to have been born as species of animals that humans eat or torture in experiments, they didn't choose to be that, you know. And so I view them as victims, and it kind of helps me bring this equality of all life. And there, a big part of that is this understanding that there's no free will. Yeah, because there's a huge bias against animals, you know, especially with, um, you know, the animal rights uh, campaigning. I mean, there was a hypocrite who, um, you know, um, you, how can I put this? In the news story, in the link I posted on your Facebook wall, um, a man killed a rabbit to eat it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you just eat meat that was already you know, that was already on the shelves, that was already dead. I mean, you, why did you have to kill another bunny just to eat it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and see, here's what's interesting about it, Jamie. Part of the part of the problem is there are so many vegetarians and vegans and other animal rights activists who are blaming these people for their treatment of animals. Mm. And... Part of the problem is that even though what they say is right is that you, they shouldn't be doing this, they wouldn't want that done to them, the problem is they come across as being mean and people perceive them as self-righteous and they don't listen to them. 
And yeah. so, so this is very important because ironically... I do see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to approach it from a different angle. You can't just go around name-calling because people don't respond to that very well, do they? Yeah, you kind of have to change your approach because I, I think the biggest part of that, you know, is that the reason that we are saying that, you know, when, when, we, when we're blaming them, there's two things going on. First of all, we are um, saying that they could have done otherwise, that they have a free will. Second of all, there's something else is we are saying there are other options of which they could have chosen. And here's the deal. You can say that that's true in the sense that had they been aware of those other options and there had there not been these myths about that you have to eat meat to get protein, a lot of people would have switched vegetarian, you know, uh, years ago if they realized that there was, were these myths around there. So uh, some of it is lack of empathy and sociopaths that just don't care who they hurt. I think that's a case. But a big part of it is people are just believing lies and don't know better. Yeah. Like the myth about um, vegetarianism, not enough protein. Uh, that's one of the biggest myths out there. Um, wasn't it stated by um, somebody that broccoli had more protein than um, beef? Yeah, actually. It, and it's very interesting. But you know, this is another powerful example of, of blaming yourself. What's interesting is that, like, like, I could have, if I had believed in free will, like, I could have blamed myself for the first 25 years of my life when I was I was eating meat and, and cheese and eggs and, and just eating, you know, typically how most Americans do. Um, but I realized... Well, well, wait a culture, though. I mean, you've got this fast food culture going on where um, to, be, to be with a cool crowd, you were kind of expected in a way to eat pizza or, you know, even worse, hamburgers, you know, and hamburgers um, from McDonald's and stuff like that. Are some of the fattiest foods you can get, aren't they? So. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. But I realized that it was something the culture did to me. It wasn't something that I chose. And because of that, I, you know, now I've changed a lot of a lot of the way I eat and all sorts of stuff. But I realized that it wasn't. I didn't blame myself at least. Of course, there was also the problem of blaming other people for a while before I got into this whole free will thing, before I even, you know, talked to George and watched his show originally. Yeah, that's interesting because I, you know, somebody told me recently that her daughter is a vegan uh, because of compassionate reasons, you know, because she, she understands how cruelly these animals are treated. But then her daughter also believes that we have a free will. Now, I'm just trying to imagine how difficult it is for this person because, like, you know, holding this belief that what we do to animals is so wrong and then living in a world where so many people just don't care, you know, that, that I, 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 on, on some level, this, this, this person has to basically judge these people as really evil, but that doesn't work. So it's almost like a person has to kind of, like, just build up and maintain this this huge denial about people, you know, to, to not blame them, you know, while having this free will belief. Yeah, there's two approaches that people deal with this, George. 
one of the approaches people try to deal um, with this whole animal thing, the cruelty to animals, is they try to say, oh, well, the animals don't feel pain, or they try to justify They try to justify it somehow, yeah. Right. They either try to say that it's, um, that it's not... You know that it's not a wrong thing. Or try to say that it's not as bad as uh, crimes against humans. They try, they try to make that example, and that's one of the stupid examples of. You know, it's arguably one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of. Actually, animals, other creatures are still sentient. They still feel, you know, they still experience suffering. You know, if you if you, if you whack a rabbit on the leg, it's going to squeak, isn't it? So. Yeah, and see, here's the deal, Jamie. That's what they do to try to reduce the guilt they feel of contributing to something. But we have found another way through the understanding that nobody is fundamentally responsible. Nobody freely chose anything ever that happened. And what's interesting about that is, even though it's still difficult to realize that people are still going to continue to treat um, other animals, humans included, very badly. Um, we, at the same time, we, um, we don't do the self-blaming for what we've done, and we don't blame other people. And I think this is, the, in fact, our only hope at change, because this doesn't require us to say that it's good or that it's justified to to cause this immense suffering to these animals. Um, that's, that's just great, is we're not justifying anything. We're simply telling what is. We're, ex we're Basically, we're doing science. We're not making a moral judgment on people, but we are saying what is is that people have practices which are harming these other beings, and it's about getting them to identify with those they're hurting and following the golden rule. That's the approach I'm trying to take with it. People do complain about um, crimes against humanity whenever they hear about a terrorist, you know, um, murdering an innocent family and stuff, you know, um, beating kids up and uh, killing their mothers and stuff like that, you know, through bombings or whatever. But they don't apply the same morality to, you know, other, cre you know, other creatures, you know, other creatures that can still experience just as much pain as we can, yeah. Right, and Jamie, that's an example of the harm this free will belief does because, like, basically it causes people to not be able to look at what they're doing. You know, on some level they know that how we're treating animals is so horrible, so wrong, but because they believe in free will, then they have to attribute that wrong to themselves, and they can't do that. So as you guys were saying before, they'll say, well, these animals don't, don't feel pain or just invent some kind of nonsense. So to the extent they can overcome this free will belief, they can objectively, you know, without blaming themselves, without all this guilt and stuff, say, oh my God, what are we doing to these animals? And just, you know, they can see it more clearly. Because um, animals, um, they can still get protein from like, you know, eating vegetation. We already, we already know that. I mean, bamboo is one of um, the, so the sources of protein for um, uh Pandas in um, China, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah, because I found out that um, bamboo has lots of uh, protein in it. And it's gorillas, a... gorillas don't eat any. Gorillas, I think, are vegan. Yeah. You know, as powerful as they are. Yeah, they're muscular creatures as well, like like elephants are. Elephants are muscular and they're vegan. Yeah, not to mention horses. Hors horses are cool too. Um, 
I, I like examples of these big, strong animals, the elephants, the, the horses, the gorillas, because it just busts the myth. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to um, look far to see examples of successful vegan animals. And so I think that's our main thing, because while I don't think there's anything that we'll ever be able to do about the hardcore sociopaths who don't care about the suffering they're causing to others, just by exposing these myths and explaining, well, this isn't true. It's not true that you have to be all weak and die if you're vegan. That's just not true. And it's through understanding these that we will automatically um, change people. It's not because people are freely choosing, but once they're, they have new information, new information always changes you. And Chandler, yeah. you just got me thinking with, with the issue of psychopaths. I mean, our understanding is that like the part of their brain that's supposed to process empathy and all isn't working. It's not working. Yeah. Right. But maybe, but you know, like we're never like, you know, we don't really understand why it's not working. So it, it may be that this free will belief, you know, just imposes so much guilt on, on this part of the brain, this, this, you know, processing center that it just goes into denial. It just like, it could be that, that to the extent that these um, psychopaths are taught that actually nobody has a free will, that then maybe they might be able to look more objectively at what they do and then empathize without, you know, again, what I'm saying is that denial may be responsible for their lack of empathy. It's the same thing with criminals. I mean, they go into denial when um, people um, talk down on them and say that they're like, you know, scum of the earth when they've committed a crime against someone's family, you know, so. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about it, guys, is like, it, uh, along with this understanding that nobody's to blame, nobody freely chose anything, comes an incredible amount of honesty. The ability to admit that, yes, I've done terrible things in the past, and now I realize that they were bad, and I try to correct it. But there's absolutely no place for guilt, I don't think. I don't think, I think guilt is just, you know, a feeling, uh, like, like feeling bad, but it doesn't achieve anything. And so I'm trying to get people to move beyond the guilt and just like, realizing, you know, it's like forgetting to carry a one when you're doing addition in math. That I try to um, think of it in terms of a mistake, that even though it's actually much more serious than that in terms of consequences, Ultimately, that's what it comes down to, is we are it's not... It's also a fear element, because if people admit to wrongdoing, sometimes they, they worry about what other people think of them, yeah. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. Like, in this, in this world, people, because they believe in free will, people, they don't, they don't like to admit that they did something wrong. Of course. But it, that's the reason for guilt in the first place, because uh, they feel like they've done something wrong, and they just deny any wrongdoing, you know? Yeah. And see, here's the deal. Once you admit that you've done something wrong, well, then other people, they are blaming you for doing that, and then they punish you in various ways. And so people, um, they, they hide their wrongdoings from people to avoid punishment, which makes sense. I mean, we all seek pleasure and avoid pain, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody what didn't believe in free will, if everybody were determinists or incompatibilists, you know, basically 
we would openly confess our faults to each other and we would be there to support each other and help each other change. So that would be a much better way because that seems to be the approach that a lot of people do, you know, like, you know, like I imagine, you know, people who have certain addictions. Yeah. And they've all been there. They share their experiences and they try to help each other through tough times. That's basically what we're doing, only we're doing it on a broader scale. We're trying to say, you know, we, we're telling, you know, stuff that we might have done bad in the past or, or something, but we didn't, we're, we don't blame ourselves and we're not judging people here. Yeah, there's also um, the non-psychopathic people who um, are severely depressed because they feel like they could have done otherwise. And um, they, they just feel so much guilt that they feel like um, the world's on top of them, you know. Oh, yeah. So much of like, you know, well, like with happiness, self-esteem is, is very correlated with happiness. The, the more a person likes themselves, the happier they're going to be. And liking oneself to a great extent, I think, is about like considering oneself a good person. So, yeah, there's some people who either uh, considering themselves a good person and also considering them, um, themselves successful. So, yeah, when people kind of like believe in free will and through no fault of their own, they're not able to succeed at certain things or they have certain faults and then bl they blame themselves then that leads to like that that erodes their self-esteem and that leads to a lot of self-blame a lot of depression and ultimately sometimes with suicide with people i mean like this, this free will belief just causes people to to just like to afflict themselves yeah it's really horrible and i was really shocked like i said uh, in another podcast and like i said to chandler like in pri you know private conversations as well i was really shocked to find out that someone who supposedly is scientific-minded as Michio Kaku. I mean, he's supposed to be a scientist, right? Yet he comes out of a like a ridiculous claim based on quantum mechanics that you know people um, can override um, their circumstance. You know. Well, Jamie Chandler and I were talking about this before this podcast, and this is like one of the huge problems in the world that many of our academic leaders, our political leaders and all, they know how to learn, but they are not very good at thinking. So this, this whole issue of free will forces people to learn how to think, and this world desperately needs so much more of that. Of course, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not sure whether, you know, Michio Kaku is deliberately hiding this important information or whether he genuinely believes that free will is possible because of this, you know, um, Heisenberg uncertainty principle and all that stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense either way. I mean, even, even, if, even if it was randomness, how would it make free will possible? You know? Exactly. And, and Jamie, that's so clear to you. That's so clear to Chandler and me and so many of us. So then, like, what we're faced is with, we, we have to figure out, like, it must be that for a lot of even these scientists who are supposed to be trained to be very objective, their emotions and their beliefs completely override and hijack their reasoning. You know, they can't see the truth because they have an emotional need to see the world in a certain way. And we, we got to figure out a way to, 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 to overcome that. Yeah, and I was explaining to someone on, um, on a video um, on YouTube because um, he, was, he was claiming that... Um, 
these so-called people, I, I forget their names, but he was claiming that his people with Nobel Prizes and stuff, right? He was saying that um, their view on free will was somehow credible just because they have a degree in something. Well, you know, just, just because you have a degree in something doesn't necessarily mean you um, are knowledgeable on a subject. I mean, sometimes people cheat and they get degrees, don't they? So Yeah, I don't look at how many degrees somebody has to determine whether what they're saying is true or false. Yeah, I mean, you can cheat in a test. I mean, people do that in school all the time, don't they? So. And again, we have to look at the, the way many of these people get their degrees is not by learning how to think, because I don't think that's really taught very much in either college or high school or you know before that. These these people are getting degrees just because they know how to learn and memorize, and you know so like fine they might know a lot, but they're clueless in terms of you know understanding what they know. Yeah, you know George, this is like the people who try to memorize chess games and mem memorize what moves they're supposed to make in a situation but don't understand the underlying principles that enable them to think of what move to make when in new situations they've never encountered. Exactly. We've, we've actually gone over our 30 minutes, so I'll, I'll, I probably want to end this one, but this, guy, this has been great. You've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion with Chandler Klebs, Jamie Soden, and George Ortega, and we talked about you know sometimes when we blamed ourselves or blamed others and some of the implications it can have, how people don't have to feel guilty once they understand things aren't their fault. And we'll be continuing this in future episodes. Thank you for listening. Bye.